It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sultans of Smoke Cigar Cast. As always, make sure you guys are getting over and checking out our sponsor. Cigar Noise Weekly. 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 Welcome to the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast. Drew. Mo. Yo. Mook out rich. Bring in the bull. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> it's all bull. Yeah. What's up, guys? What? Just living the dream, as always. Living that dream. So, Drew, you got to tell us. What's the life of a celebrity look like, man? So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got to do? Was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. Yesterday. All right, man. Tell this us. man actually lives the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for for a few minutes. <laughs> hey, I I guess. For, for for some for some guys that's an eternity. You could so. say uh, you could say me and Peyton Manning are kind of buddies now. Right, exactly. Why why would you say that? Uh, So through my company, we deal with, uh, uh, and this podcast is not sponsored by FedEx, but we we work with FedEx, and uh, they were hosting a Super Bowl party, which I'll tell you the shitty part of it is in a normal year, they would have actually flown me to the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, it could have been better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not to diminish what it was, but uh, definitely could have been uh, way better. Uh, anyway, so I won this competition um, through through FedEx, and there were there were several of us, obviously. Um, but uh, to uh, chat with uh, Peyton Manning and uh, Michael Strahan. So, so did did, did, you have, did you have a chance to say anything? And if, oh yeah, and yeah. If yeah. So what I, did you say? We actually, yeah, we get, we got a chance to ask him a question. Okay. Um, I just asked him what they had missed uh, most about the game since they're both retired and out of there. Um. Uh, Michael took the question first. Said uh, he uh, missed suiting up because that made mm-hmm. him feel uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he still can. Nothing stopping him. No, no, no. That wasn't it. <laughs> Suiting up, because it made him feel amazing when he got to go out on the field and slam somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he went on to say that he missed, uh, you know, hearing the crowd in the stands and uh, also um, the camaraderie of all of his, his teammates and stuff like that since they pretty much do everything together. Um Peyton followed his up by he does not miss getting hit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh kind of the same. He missed the camaraderie and and uh the 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 feel of the the stadium and all and that's got to be a mega a mega high. Uh, sure. All those people cheering for you and all. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Did people ask any weird questions? Um, let's see what else was asked. Um, they were asked how, uh, yeah, the only one I thought was kind of weird. Um, how do, how do they turn on and off being a leader? 
um, how do they how do they choose that? And both of them kind of responded with, um, you don't you don't turn that on and off. <laughs> you're you're either it or you're not. If you're a leader, you're you're always a leader. <laughs> um, what did somebody else ask? Um, like their most memorable moment, they ask. Um, I'm not sure what else. All of it was pretty good. All, all the questions were pretty good. So were they like super cool guys or were they a little bit weird or like, you know, the standard question that everybody wants to know about everybody famous? No, no, no. Uh, both of them. Seem, I mean, Michael Strahan, he's kind of in the. I wouldn't figure he'd be awkward. He's he's, you know, doing television shows and all that stuff. But yeah, no, he was. He was he I mean, if he was hanging out at the cigar shop and, and just chatting, that's how chill he was about his his stuff. Uh, Peyton was kind of the same way. I mean, hanging out, not in a hurry, wanted to really answer everybody's question, you know, uh, answer, answer what was asked of them. And yeah, it was really, uh, really cool. That's awesome, man. It was fun. We enjoyed it. I, I had a couple of guys over from work since it was kind of a work deal and, um, they, they did a highlight of the season, um, kind of a highlight reel and talked about the season, um, Peyton and Michael and kind of chatted about, uh, the two teams and, uh, if, I'm guessing you guys are sports people. So you knew Peyton got in the hall of fame. So we kind of talked about that and then, uh, got to our questions. It was cool. Hour, hour or so of that. I wonder how much they got paid for that. Something, I guarantee you, because FedEx is a big sponsor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to be nice to have a job where you just, all you have to do is do some interviews and talk to some people every now and then when you're done and ride out that extra money. Yeah. Well, and I believe Michael is just getting over COVID. So he was actually at his house. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton was at the Super Bowl. So he was uh, at a conference room or something at the hotel um, before going over to the stadium and all. That's cool. That's awesome, man. That's That's like something that you'll never forget. Well, and even me not being a a big Super Bowl or a big football fan, period. It's still cool to chat with those guys. And sure, I've said even before, like, look, I'm not a, I don't know, insert music here, but man, seeing people live and stuff, I'd see mm-hmm. almost anybody live. I don't care, right? Um, just just to see those people and stuff, kind of in their element, and that's cool. Yeah, it gives yeah. you appreciation. Yeah. You could always appreciate greatness, even if it's not like something that you're necessarily interested in. Yeah. You know, I can give a fuck about art, but if there's a famous painter or whatever, I'd love to understand what makes him so great. Mm-hmm. Well, and that translates you know? over to anything. I mean, right. It really does. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Strahan's a legit cigar guy. I don't know about, I don't know if Peyton Manning's a cigar guy, but I know Strahan is. You said that he was on the cover of CA at one point? Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I bet I, cool. I bet Peyton is too. He's a golfer and stuff. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Peyton. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, I don't remember. I bet he's a cigar guy too. Yeah, for sure. I bet he is. Yeah, I can see that. He may not be a, a huge cigar guy, but I bet he relaxes with a cigar every now and then. <laughs> dabbles a bit, if you will. He dabbles. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of dabbling, and, and well, Drew, is there anything else that that you wanted to? No, man, that was about it. It was, it was fun. They sent me a bunch of um, stuff as well. FedEx did. What? What, what kind of stuff? Again, we're yeah. not we're not sponsored by FedEx. Um, they sent um, some barbecue and like cheese dip and stuff for for the Super Bowl party, I guess stuff. Um, and then they sent uh, a bunch of like gear, um, uh, NFL um, dot com gear, uh, backpack hats, uh, koozies, cups, M and M's. Uh, what else? So you're gonna look like a super fan. Yeah. No. Nah, I gave it all away. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how did you win it? Um, j- it was just through companies that deal with FedEx. So, mm-hmm. um, because we're a big FedEx person in the area, um, they selected each of our the reps in our area had to submit somebody, and then I'm the one that won from this area. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well deserved, my friend. It was cool. Did you guys watch Very the uh, Super Bowl? No, you must have watched. I literally watched around five minutes of it. I <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I still care about sports, but not not nearly as much as I did. Even as uh, well, I guess the way the best I could describe it is, I'm at the point now in my sports viewership that basically, if it's not a Chicago team, I if I if I if I watch it, I watch it. If not, and that includes the playoffs, it's just not not a priority. No, I hear that. I watched some of it. This is the first football I've watched all year. I watched about the first half, hoping for good commercials. But it was Mm -hmm. a bit of a bust, and the game wasn't very interesting. So I was just like, eh, screw it. Then I watched the halftime show and was a little bit confused and just called it a day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Why were you confused, Cal? (laughs) It's just a weird show. Did you guys watch the halftime show? No. Uh, yeah, I did. It's just bizarre. Isn't everything bizarre these days? Mostly, yeah. No. <laughs> yep, that's that's how anybody watches anything. It's got to get weirder and weirder and weirder, right? So, now that would have been awesome if you got to smoke a cigar with them because then that you could have had a really badass answer for the... Uh, question we had a couple weeks ago mm. about uh did you ever smoked anybody famous yeah that would have been cool that would have been cool maybe uh maybe i could win next year and actually go to the super bowl 
Yeah. There you go. There you go. Just win every year. It'll be fine. I'm working out a deal with FedEx. We're gonna we're gonna switch uh, switch some stuff over to them and spend a lot more money with them. So maybe maybe it'll pay yeah. out. <laughs> Re- repeat champion. Yeah. Repeat <laughs> some back scratching going on here. Yeah. I get submitted to, they do stuff, little stuff throughout the year all the time, and I get submitted all the time, but I've really never won anything. They do, like, movie tickets and, you know, to premieres they'll buy out and stuff like that in the past, and yeah, nothing's ever paid out until this. I wonder what their advertising budget is. (laughs) It's got to be insane. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Two time Super Bowl party champion attendee, Drew Brandt. <laughs> <laughs> For digital print and national TV last year, they spent $100 million. Damn. And that's not even stuff like what you're talking about. Yeah. 100 yeah. mil. Dude, I mean, if you look at. Like, you wouldn't think it, but, like, for example, Amazon's become a big player, right, in in delivery. Yeah. I mean, to the point where, you know, you got UPS now delivering on Sundays. I don't know if FedEx started doing that yet, but it's it's kind of fascinating, like, yeah. Like, there's a lot of competition in that space now. Mm-hmm. Is FedEx the one that won't deliver cigars? That's them, right? Won't deliver tobacco? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think that's right. Speaking of advertising spend, did you guys see this, uh, this story about Uber? Or No. I guess not. Must not have. No. Uh, So they apparently got sucked in by useless digital ad campaigns that offered them nothing in return but promised a lot. Uh, So they ended up actually blowing $100 million on literally nothing for online ads that never delivered anything. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Jeez. How do I get an online ad company? Become an influencer. No, they don't actually have those companies. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know that some people go to like influencer managers. Like they they hire somebody to teach them how to become an influencer. Yeah, I bet if I bet there's actually stuff that you could teach somebody that would be worth money. I'm sure there is. But I I even those people that's. That's small fish compared to this. That's funny considering Uber still has never turned a profit. It's a lot of money to spend on no return. Yeah, they had a $150 million ad budget. They used $100 million on nothing. (laughs) Pretty impressive. Yeah. (laughs) You really got to fuck it up. Yeah. What it would be nice to have a hundred million uh, ad budget. Yeah. 
And then somebody like apparently nobody cares enough, right? To to follow up and be like, what did we get out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, and up to up to ninety nine percent of programmatic ad spend is what they're calling it is is wasted. Uh, so Chase dropped ninety nine percent of their display ads and saw no change to their business. <laughs> Jeez. Procter and Gamble cut two hundred million dollars in digital ads and increased their their business. Wow! <laughs> no way. Oof. Well, that's a little bit misleading, though, because Procter and Gamble makes a lot of stuff that became very necessary during the pandemic. Oh, for for sure. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> How are we going to make more money? Well, let's just not spend this $200 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not bad. I wonder what we could accomplish for Patina with $200 million ad budget. Yeah. Would you have an ad budget? Would Would you bother with the brand at that point? No. No. I'd be retired. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Blow it all on digital ads that do nothing and start again from the bottom. All right. Yeah. What's the joke that cigar people always say? Oh, you want to become a millionaire in the cigar industry? Start with two. Uh, It's true. Yeah. Uh, So speaking of making millions in the cigar industry, though, uh, Patina's had like a string of of sort of awards and honors going on. Anything new on that front, Mo? No. (laughs) Did we talk about the the small batch top ten? No, we did not. And so... Because okay. the answer to that question was yes. That's why I asked it. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, anything. <laughs> anything that, like... like rub your nose in the fact that you haven't won yeah. anything. Yeah, no, I'm not a Yeah, no, not that. Um, I thought you meant in terms of... So, look. From a cigar nerd perspective, nothing makes me more proud than that list right there. Okay, because all prejudices, all whatever, that's thrown out the window, you know. And so, like that for <clears throat> that for me is like the pride list, right? And I've said that before, but you um, keep making it. Well, I mean, you know, we try. The biggest look, and I know some people have, have said, have messaged me and said, "Man, I wish you would talk more about." the cigars, the brand building journey and and all of that. And, you know, there's been a lot of episodes where we've talked about that stuff. So I don't continually want to talk about the same things and and bore you guys or or whatever. But um, these things in and of themselves are never going to be the turning point, right? But the hope is that with continual like recognition that people will be more open to taking a chance on the cigars. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just, man, that's just kind of where it's at. Um, but in, in actually, we, so, and I'd mentioned it to you guys, but we've been, I've been talking to Costa from smoke Maniunk, and I think we're going to, we'll have him on uh, to kind of talk about some of the, the obstacles that retailers are, are facing right now. And as we kind of look at COVID and, and its effects, and we've talked about this a little bit, 
but especially now cigar shops in different regions have been just impacted differently based on you know what they've had to deal with from local and state governments and and things like that in terms of how it's affected their business and and everything but uh the retail environment is is difficult in that sense right now right for mm-hmm. for brands that are not like super established and essentially walk themselves out of the store yeah so no, that's legit i mean it was hard before but now it's even more difficult because everybody's being so cautious and uh yeah and but that's you know, luckily you have your your champion stores though that get you through it, right? So you got to hope so at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, same store stuff is up, but you know, trying to open up a new account right now is very tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now, if you're smoking something, you're. I'd seem better that you bought more of that thing during the pandemic. Sure. Yeah, we talk, I've talked to a few different retailers that said it's not so much that we're getting a ton of new smokers. It's, it's that guys are smoking more. You know, the, the tickets are bigger, as they said, per, mm, per sure. purchase. Nothing wrong with that either. Although we do need more cigar smokers. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Um yeah, we do. But so we, so that there was something that somebody brought up, and I don't remember who I was talking to <clears throat> about putting together blends. And oh, I was one of my buddies. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about like how long does it take to come up with a blend and and all of that. So I have the three the three additional sizes of the Maduro. Should I think they're still on schedule for March? Right. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that. But when we when you look at coming up with the blend, getting it to the market, getting it to whatever, that that process takes time, right? Yeah. And I'm just like I'm trying to explain. So you have the time component because you have to. Uh, come up with the blend, come up with the tobacco, see how it ages, all of that. But I think... And if you skip that, they have to age several months at the Right, mm-hmm. yeah, ex- exactly, yeah. So exactly. at the absolute fastest you can railroad it through, you're still kind of slow. Sure, a- absolutely. It's just not one of those things that you, you could really rush. But the one thing that I think gets lost a lot, or maybe not enough people talk about, or think about even is the ability to come up with a blend. Cause somebody asked you, how did you pick the tobaccos that you decided to use? I think it was Rambler. And we, and I've talked about this before, but I think it's worth revisiting considering the speed in which people are coming out with stuff and talking about how special and, and whatever they are. Okay. So it is, <laughs> It is (laughs) important to not only be able to come up with a blend that is good, 
and different and, and people will gravitate towards or try to. But also being able to do that with minimal future, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, tweets, right? Like, yeah. obviously, if, if the year is off in, in a crop and, and, you know, the tobacco out of Jalapa kind of sucked this year, or, you know, Jalapa Viso sucked this year, whatever, just, and you got to, you know, maybe tweak something here and there. But I'm talking on a bigger level of, like, you want to be able to come up with something that pretty much outside of an absolute disastrous worst-case scenario is easy to replicate time and time and time and time and time and time again. Cause, yeah, you'd hope so. Right. Because, dude, you could grab some exotic fucking tobaccos and throw some shit together and come up with something amazing. It's like, oh, cool, I can make 200 of these. <laughs> okay. But... That's awesome for a limited edition, um, but then don't change the blend and still call it the same limited edition. But anyway, that's here nor there. Um, that, that limited edition is not regular production, even though it used really rare tobacco that you can't get. Yet. No, it's but, limited that I call it limited. Right. That's yeah. what's limited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll give you an example of a limited that is not um, necessarily limited because of tobacco constraints, but because of production or whatever. Like, the Maduro in the precipitation is going to be a limited-type cigar. Not because there's a tobacco constraint on it, not because I want to be a fucking prick, but because that size and the cost that goes into it and in whatever... It's like I gotta make sure I can move it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, so I don't want to be sitting on a thousand boxes of of Maduro precipitation. Now, if it t- takes off, that's different. Then you could ramp up production. But and even like I've done it with the Corona in the Habana, which is my favorite size in that cigar. But I just don't make a ton of them because, by and large. People say they love them, but the numbers don't show that. <laughs> it's right? like if you made a Lancero. Right. Same thing. What's what's wrong with a Lancero? And nobody buys them. Because <laughs> they're not that good most of the time. Oh, I thought you only uh, yeah. smoked Lanceros if you were a fictionado. <laughs> a fictionado, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done right, they're fantastic. But done wrong they're most of them right <laughs> i don't know but anyway so yeah being able to to do that on a consistent basis man coming up with blends that are easy to to, to replicate time and time and time and time again that's important yeah you don't want to grab your go-to smoke and be like, well, that tastes totally fucking different. Thanks, right. Mo. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Mo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, that was one of the concerns about switching factories, right? 
mm-hmm. obviously. So, yeah, yeah there's always that There's concern. some difference there, right? It's It's got to be some difference. Of course. Have you had anybody say, why'd you do that? I like the old stuff better. Um, a, a couple, but not many. To be honest, not many. But yeah, a few. What? It'd <laughs> be weird if there were option, none, so. but it would be weird if right. there were a lot too. Right. Yeah. A few seems like a good answer. Yep. It's legit. All right, you guys ready for for Mapes question? All right. What you got? Uh, Mape sent me a message earlier today asking if I had heard that people throughout history have used tobacco enemas. And I was like, well, yes, Mape, I've heard that and I've thought about it quite a lot. Uh, So I wanted to dive a little bit into the history and use of tobacco enemas. Okay, can can you start by explaining what an enema is? Yeah, with so, a normal enema. Well, so it's it's basically something going up your butthole mm-hmm. for a particular use, mm-hmm. right? And with tobacco, there have been two different kinds of tobacco-related enemas. One is the smoke from tobacco going up your butt. Uh, okay. The other is they've, they they have done this too, where they steep the tobacco leaves in water to make a sort of a tobacco tea and pour that up the butt. So those are your two different kinds of tobacco enemas throughout history. Okay, and what's the purpose then? I'm glad you asked, Mo. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, they've been used for a variety of spiritual and medicinal purposes. Uh, so way, way back in 500 AD, they have found a device for tobacco enemas in the tomb of a Colombian shaman. They found similar evidence that Aztecs and Incas were using tobacco enemas way, Mm -hmm. way long ago. Um, So one of the ways that shamans communed with the spirit world spiritually, right, was taking huge quantities of tobacco, right, huge quantities of nicotine in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And the the goal here was to get as close to death as possible, right? You get right to the brink of death. Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's how you communed with the spirit world. So that's how, like, that's how much tobacco we're talking here. And tobacco enemas were particularly helpful with that. And for that, you're looking probably at the liquid variety, um, because, uh, I mean, if you if you've heard, is there any other kind? <clears throat> well, the smoke variety. No, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're gonna get a lot of nicotine out of a liquid. It's like if you've heard of like butt chugging alcohol. Yes. Yeah, Unfortunately. you get a lot of the, the effect. Same idea. <clears throat> so that's the way that they, they did that. Uh, and for smoke, they would either use like a tube or a bellows to blow smoke up somebody's ass. <laughs> uh, Sounds awesome. Nice. There's pictures of these things. I can show you pictures if you want. Yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> but Send that over for our Instagram post. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good oh, idea. nice. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> uh, so, so when when uh, the Spanish people were pillaging right across Central America, they found tobacco enemas there, and they wrote about tobacco enemas that were being done at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's depictions of tobacco enemas being done on Mayan pottery. I can get you a picture of that too. 
It's fascinating. It's like self enemas. Um, yeah, but I also don't want us to think that it's only an ancient thing or only a Central American thing. Uh, in 1661, an anatomist in Copenhagen published a book that recommended tobacco juice and to tobacco smoke enemas to his patients. So both the liquid and the smoke kinds for a variety of, of illnesses that they would cure. Because uh, if you remember back into that time period through the, the very late 1500s and through the 1600s, tobacco was thought to be this medical panacea. It would solve any problem that you had. <clears throat> uh, Wait, continuing along through the history of tobacco enemas. Uh, in 1769, a doctor in Amsterdam wrote about a woman who fell into a canal. They thought she was dead until she was revived with a tobacco smoke enema. So this became a way to revive people who were near death. Uh, kind of a weird change, right? So it was supposed to get you close to death so you could commune with the spirit world, but now it's being used medically to keep you from dying. Um, so... That was a fascinating one. I'm, what I want to know is who was like, all right, well, she fell in the canal. She's about to die. Stick some smoke up her ass. <laughs> yeah. Pull down That's her pants. You sicko. No, we got to revive her with this tobacco enema. Right. Uh, throughout the early 1800s, they were experimenting with tobacco enemas to treat a variety of diseases uh, from constipation to cholera all across the board. The Dutch government recommended tobacco enemas as a, a medical cure up until about 1850. Uh, and then all the way up in 1893, this is like a little over 100 years ago, not that long ago, the Columbia cookbook was published and contained a remedy for what a woman should do in case she accidentally poisoned herself. Uh, and that, as you will no doubt, uh, be, no, we will not be surprised by, is injections of tobacco smoke into the anus through a pipe stem. So, what was it called? The Columbia Cookbook. Mm -hmm. I don't have that so, one in my collection. Yeah. yeah. Is that on Amazon? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but all this to say that this is a brief tour through the history of tobacco enemas. They have a long history, uh, and they are uh, the reason for the phrase blowing smoke up your ass in case you're curious, because it doesn't really do anything, but they thought it did for quite a while. So tobacco enemas, fascinating. Um, I've never tried it, but you're welcome to. If you do, come on the podcast and tell everybody about it. Ooh, you should try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh -oh. Yeah, how do you explain that? that Somebody you... would have to help you with that, wouldn't they? <laughs> Depends how big your bellows is. Cow needs, a, cow, is. cow needs an assistant for next week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Viso Horny's up to. <laughs> I'd imagine you got to be a little bit delicate about it, right? You can't be super forceful. I have no idea. I guess it depends. Is it the liquid or the smoke? <laughs> I feel like you got to start with the smoke. Uh, you got to okay. work your way up to the liquid. I gotcha. Ooh. No idea. What I want, what I want to know is, did it ever work? And how would they even know if it worked? And who would even think of this? A lot of people through history. Uh, apparently, it worked for the spiritual side of things because people saw what they intended to see when they sort of went into their spiritual trances with this stuff. Um, medically, I don't think it ever did anything good. Well, I guess if you look at it from that from that lens, 
nothing has really changed because for at least in cigars, uh, there's definitely a spiritual calm that you reach through, uh, through smoking, I think. Hmm. There's a yeah. lot to be said for tobacco and its use in spirituality throughout time. That's, I mean, that's a even bigger topic and it's, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Mm-hmm. But probably not a lot to be said for sticking a tube up your ass with a bunch of tobacco smoke and hoping for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a doctor, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Would you do it if you were a doctor? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Oh, okay. You could do it to somebody else if you're a doctor. Yeah. So that's your, just, your little walk through animal history. I'm trying to think of what my reaction would be if my doctor said, "Hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna try this thing." <laughs> it's a little <laughs> unconventional, but uh, I think yeah. it's gonna work. <laughs> we're gonna take a holistic approach to your treatment. Most of smoke up your ass. I don't know. Would that be better or worse than like the digital rectal exam, right? Where they stick a finger up your butt. I don't know. Doesn't that have some scientific stuff behind it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's clearly more effective. That's not my argument. <laughs> I'm just curious, like, which would feel worse. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, I, I've never had either, so. I can't, uh, we'll have to revisit this if we're still doing this podcast when I'm like, I don't know, 60, 50, 60. When do you start doing that? I don't even know. I'll let you guys know if I have to. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Let's find out. Mo will be there before me. Yeah. Find you a doc with little fingers. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. That's only if you have a family history. This at age 45. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, only if you have a family history of prostate cancer. You're safe. What if you don't? How old are you, Cal? 45? 30, 36. <laughs> oh, okay. You're younger than both of us. Yeah. Looks like around 50. I got a few years. Yeah, I have to imagine there's a lot of guys that probably don't have that done. That's not high on my list, I can tell you that. Nothing is when it involves a doctor, though. That's true. What is that billboard that that was became a famous meme where it says something like this year, you know, 200,000 men will die of stubbornness, right? Cause they just don't go to the doctor and then somebody spray painted mm-hmm. on it. No, we won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good job. <laughs> Oof. All right. Uh, Judge Drew. What do you got? I think you probably heard about this one. Probably not. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a good one. Uh, so, so right before, right before Trump left office, Joe Exotic was so sure he was going to get a pardon 
that he rented a limousine and had a hair and wardrobe team on standby for when he got out of prison. Oh, did Jesus. you hear about that? I did not. Oh, man, he was so ready Look, for this. Look, that's, that's a little uh, <laughs> reckless on your part to assume, just because I'm from Oklahoma, that I know anything about the dealings of yep. Joe Exotic. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's like that's like assuming somebody's gender these days. Can't do that. <laughs> you can't do it's that. It's like Cal. national news, though. Uh, sadly, it was not in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, now you know. No, I didn't know. I didn't. I hadn't heard that. So. Now you have. That's pretty much the whole story. There's so you really have not more story behind it. He was just like, "This guy's gonna pardon me," and he got a limousine and he got his hair and wardrobe team ready. Um, how do you judge Mr. Joe Exotic for his his uh, preparation? He well, how how does he have money? <laughs> I mean, didn't that all get taken when he went to jail? I feel like he could probably go fund me a limousine cost. Oh, maybe that's what happened. Um, I feel oh, what a moron. <laughs> I hate to say too much because the guy is from Oklahoma, but he is not like the rest of us. Um, <laughs> he I, got I, caught. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, his his money could have been spent elsewhere better. Um, like trying to get him out of jail with like an appeal or something and a good attorney. <laughs> yeah. Limo's only a couple hundred bucks, right? Still, it was spent on nothing. <laughs> Nobody even got to enjoy that. Nor his his hair and wardrobe. What the guy wears denim, doesn't he? <laughs> what what kind of what kind of wardrobe person did you need? He's got like a mullet, right? He has a mullet, I believe. Yes. Uh, you you gotta commend him on his on his application of the Dave West theorem. Yeah. yeah. Don't get ready. Stay ready. I guess he was ready. He was ready. ready. So are you saying that Joe Exotic is Dave West, and that's why we haven't seen much of Dave recently? Ooh, that's true. No, You've never uh, seen the two of them in the same room. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. so the Hannah Montana to his uh, Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Dave. I saw Dave the other day online. I don't think he's in jail as Joe Exotic. <laughs> Though, if Dave West was Joe Exotic, I hate to say that'd be kind of cool. And then I'd be rooting what? for him for, to get pardoned. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Dave motherfucking West deserves to be out. Dude, I think it's stupid. I think it's retarded that this guy is... It's it's fucking stupid. I mean, how... He literally made death threats to... Whether it was right or wrong or whatever, he made death threats to somebody and actually made an attempt to hire a killer... I'm sorry. You deserve to be in jail. It's stupid. There it is. This has been Judge Drew. <laughs> mm-hmm.
I feel like he's just trying to stay relevant in case he someday gets out yeah. and can make some money off. What's this. his uh? Do you, what's his what's his sentence? Do you know? Pretty much uh, equates to life for him. Does it? Yeah, I read twenty thirty seven when I was looking this up. Which isn't that far. No, another He's, what? Sixteen years, so he can get out and. He'll be like eighty or ninety. I don't know how old he is. Yeah, they're saying he has health issues and probably won't make it. Oh uh, wow, that's that's not surprising at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mr. Meth guy. Yeah. No way. <laughs> hmm. There you have it. Meth causes problems? Health health concerns? <laughs> no. That's weird. <laughs> Not in Oklahoma, it doesn't. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. What else you got, Cal? I got a question for you guys. Scraping the bottom of the over. scraping the bottom Mulleting of the barrel over. here. Mulleting over, yes. Well, this one, I don't think this one scrapes the bottom of the barrel. I think mm-hmm. this one's actually a pretty interesting question. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. right. So, yeah, you can judge. Um, so most premium <laughs> cigars are at least said to be made from just tobacco and tobacco glue, right? No mm-hmm. extra ingredients. Uh, there's a lot of rumors and a lot of discussion that certain cigars contain additional things, right? whether that happens to be uh, like a painted on kind of a wrapper with some other material, whether that's some kind of flavoring included, whatever it happens to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys can think of at least a couple examples in your minds of, of cigars that fall into that category, I'm sure. So my question is uh, most of us would assume that if we buy a premium cigar, it's just made of tobacco and tobacco glue. So should cigar makers that use ingredients other than tobacco and tobacco glue uh, give customers a list of the ingredients that are used for health purposes or for knowledge purposes? Is it unethical to not do that? That's a really good question, actually. That's a really good question. What are the other things they're putting in there? You got some examples? I don't know everything by a long shot. Um, so there's some stuff that might be okay in this world, right? You hear about, uh, it's funny. We just talked about tobacco enemas because one of the things you hear about is, is essentially like water or something steeped in tobacco that you pour on for, for helping your cigars out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard tell of other things, other different sweeteners, other different things they might, but I don't, I don't know. And that's a, interesting thing in itself right sometimes you can taste in a cigar you're like this is there's something else in here <laughs> and in some cases they do tell you right i think um so like there's the cbd cigar and the thc cigar and, yeah. and in those cases like it's you're told what's in the cigar and i think that is appropriate i'd be pretty pissed off if i got a thc cigar and had to take a drug test and didn't know the difference right that would be that would be shitty I think mm. um go ahead Mo. I mean depending on what it is and especially with the number of people that have different like allergies these days um yeah man if you're going to do that yeah you probably should include something about it 
I don't know. I, I mean, maybe. Maybe people don't give a shit. I don't know. I assume that people care a lot, and they really don't. So I don't know. I don't know the right answer to that. But that is a fair question and a good one. And I've heard of people that put stuff in their cigars, yes. Have you heard of anything specific that they put in? Uh, yeah, but I can't remember off the top of my head what the what the one I know of is that people would put. Is it is it common? Is it no? Okay. So when you want to cut corners. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you want to get the cigar to Maduro without waiting. I would right, that kind of a thing. I would think if you're a stand-up company and um, you're you're doing trying to do the right thing, I would say uh, morally, whatever you want to call it, um, you should have nothing to hide, right? So why not? Uh, I mean, you're not releasing a blend if you want to keep that secret, but. If there's something additionally that is in that beyond the product that you are selling, I mean, you're advertising it as a uh, premium hand-rolled cigar. If you're not advertising it like that, then okay, it's in a different realm of things. But we're discussing premium hand-rolled cigars, and if you're advertising it like that, it should just be tobacco with with some glue. <laughs> If there's anything the same way I think additional, I think you should be saying something. I mean, the CBD and THC and stuff, people were like, hey, that's what we got. I don't know if they released blends or anything, but they said, this is a CBD cigar. This is a THC cigar. This, you know. Right. Yeah, I think if you're on the up and up, point. you got nothing to hide. And I know with certain cigars, if I buy them, I know I'm buying something else. I don't know what the something else is, but like if I buy a flavored acid cigar, I expect something to be in there besides tobacco and, and glue. Mm-hmm. All right. That's just, that's common sense. But if I buy a cigar that isn't that and I get something that isn't tobacco and glue, I feel like that is, it's kind of pulling a fast one. It's, uh, it's, I believe it's certainly unethical. Uh, and I believe you could you could hurt people with that. Look at the, the cigarette companies. The reason that they all got attacked was for health reasons, right? And one of the biggest health reasons was they added other shit to their product. Yeah, right. And they didn't tell people what was in, in that product. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I was just thinking about FDA regulation, and I was like, well, there's some things that wouldn't be so bad about it. I'm not saying that I endorse the FDA regulation of cigars. I'm saying that there are, there are, I think, probably some questionable practices that could be brought to light. Sure. Hmm. What would they, would they have like an extra label on there to say... Like a nutrition nutrition facts label, like they do on food. <laughs> Tobacco facts. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know what you would do. They wouldn't. They, am, they wouldn't qualify for substantial equivalence. That would be for sure. I am against. I shouldn't say that because I don't want to. I am. I'm always like. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I always get like that shake my head whenever I see cigar people doing anything that could possibly bring more regulatory attention than there needs to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, the basis of our whole argument, the basis of our, our entire reason to to be outside of the scope of you know substantial equivalence or whatever you want to call it is that we're saying these are just tobacco right now you go do other stuff that puts you in a different you're in a different place right and they will use you as an excuse <laughs> to fuck the rest of us you know it's Assuming they find out. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I don't even think they fucking know what they're looking for, but that, that's here nor there. Well, obviously, a judge agreed because he told them to go back to the drawing board. But, you know, I mean, it's... I don't know, man. Anything that brings potential negative attention to, to our industry or just... Especially from regulators, man, I'm, just don't do it. Please. That's fair. Yep. So the other side of that is really just people saying that it's coming anyway, right? What's that? The other side of that, if I was looking for the sort of devil's advocate position, since we all agree anyway, would be somebody saying, it's coming anyway, so I might as well just do me. Take care of my business. I guess, yeah. You're potentially hurting your business or potentially closing your business even. It depends on who you are, but yeah. It's fair. All right, well, we can't end on that topic. That's a bit of a downer. Give us us something better then. (laughs) So here's here's a slight difference. Uh, Curious on your thoughts on this one. I I saw this news article and I was like, this is something that we should talk about because it's interesting marketing, I think. Okay. Uh, there's an animal shelter in Kentucky that Ooh. is offering you for a $10 donation. They'll put the name of your ex onto the bottom of one of their litter boxes for their cats to do their business in, uh, just in time for Valentine's Day. Okay. Nice. How brilliant is that marketing plan? Petty. Well, people are petty, so I guess it's <laughs> right. probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I see it like this. People people love to spend money on stupid shit. And all that does is th- that idea just makes them go, ooh, that's a good idea to spend my money on. <laughs> people love to waste yeah, money on, st- on stupid shit. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. they're not even, I, I guarantee most of the people that do that are like, 
not thinking about that at all. <laughs> They're just like, this is fucking funny. <laughs> it is yeah. funny. But whatever. It's uh, a good cause. And it is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I I do agree. Don't they have that with like stars or, or something like that? You could name the star or you could name a, something at a zoo. I think Drew talked about that before. Uh, stars I know you can do, but I don't know about a zoo. <laughs> Did I talk about a yeah, zoo? With, with the zoos, they'll let you like sort of adopt a animal, right? Where you get just a little kit that says information oh. about the animal. It's like shares in the animal, right? Like 10 people uh, yeah, yeah. sponsor it or whatever. <laughs> fucking timeshare? Well, you don't get anything. You just get information about the animal. You're helping. So it's like being a shareholder in the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't get anything. <laughs> you also get to lose the, the championship game every year. <laughs> but you get there. <laughs> right. But yeah, people love to waste money. I agree. It might as well be donations. Yeah. So one thing I thought that was interesting. So uh, my buddy Brian, who's a national sales manager for Illusioni, was taking pictures in the airport today. He posted them on Instagram. And it was the social distancing line to check in, right? And then when you get on the plane, literally the person that... <laughs> was like right on top of him as he took a picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So makes you kind of wonder, like, what are we doing here? I just thought that was funny. What are your guys' thoughts on that? What's the point of social distancing in line if you're just going to be up each other, you know, <laughs> giving each other tobacco enemas on the fucking <laughs> flight? Yeah. Well, they're they're picking and choosing who can open and make money too. So, I mean, why can planes yeah. do it, but restaurants can't? Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I don't know. I think it's silly. <laughs> I like. I just thought that was hilarious. I don't know why I found that so funny. I just thought it was hilarious. I've I've seen other people post pictures and stuff like that that are like, well, <laughs> I think Pete Johnson or somebody did not too long ago posted something like, wow, I'm glad, glad we social distanced in the lobby. <laughs> and he's he's sitting next to like two other people or whatever. I think it was Pete. I don't remember now. It may not have been him, but somebody in the cigar business. Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I don't know. Cal, what are your thoughts? I mean, I wouldn't get in the plane right now. So, yeah, you know, people do what they want to do. You know what you're getting into when you get into a plane. You know you're going to sit next to some people. Um, I guess, theoretically, you're sitting potentially farther from different people. right? The guy you're standing in line with isn't necessarily the guy you're, mm-hmm. you're by. So maybe it potentially drops it a little bit or you get slightly less viral load if you're not right next to people, but I mean, you're, you're taking your chances in that scenario and you know, you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if they're going to let you do it, they might as well, I, I, who cares, right? Half of what they do in an airport is security theater though. Anyway. 
Right. Yeah. See the entire TSA. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So we didn't talk about it, but we had, uh, and you know, we got we got that chance of if you got if you know whoever's listening hasn't listened to it, uh, we were able to do that uh, mashup podcast with uh, Hot Ticket and TLE. That was pretty cool. Damn right. <laughs> It's always an adventure, man. Mm-hmm. They're good yeah. people. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I, that's the thing, man. I don't care what line of work you're in or business that you're in or profession, whatever you want to call it. It's so important to kind of find those good people and, and, and you know, latch onto them mm-hmm. because... It it really does seem like there's less and less of that these days. So, at least more than, or less than I could remember growing up. Maybe I was more naive. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were. (laughs) So, so if you guys, there's this show on Netflix called Utopia. Okay, Mm -hmm. it was originally a British show way back in the day, but they remade it and it only lasted one season. And the reason it lasted one season was because it is eerily fucking similar to what is happening today. Okay. Um, just really, yeah, you talked timing. about this, right? I don't know. Did I? I thought so. No, I think I, much no, no, I, no, no, this was, you talked uh, about the that, German one. That was counterpart. Yeah, uh, what was that? Counterpart. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Utopia, the re- that got canceled because they said it was geared too much towards men. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, whatever. Um, don't even fucking get me started on that. <laughs> the hypocrisy and all of that shit. But um, <laughs> the the <laughs> the um, <laughs> I really I'm biting my tongue. Oh, okay, I... but Utopia. <laughs> Utopia. Yeah, we should have started with this. <laughs> yeah, Utopia. Really, you got to you, you guys. If not, just read about it. Read why it was canceled. It was, it was mostly canceled because the reception was like this hits too close to home. And this was made in like 2018, I think, is when it was filmed, or 2019. Um, Everybody was like, but, "Ooh, too soon." <laughs> yeah, dude. It like it's airy. Like honestly, like bro, I almost felt sick watching it. Because it was just like, holy fuck. You know, that's how, like, similar it is to what's happening right now. Which parts of it, though? Like, All of there's it. A, there's a lot happening in the world right All now. All of it. No, I'm talking about from the from the perspective of COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and if there's anybody listening that's watched that show, they're like, oh, yeah, dude, that's fucked up. It is. It's really fucked up. Now I, uh, now I want to watch it. It's only eight episodes. And it's, you know, they go by pretty fast. Are they 30 minute? No, they're an hour. I fucking hate seasons these days. I, I, I want a one and done. <laughs> give, well, give me two hours. Become a Bears fan in the playoffs. Low, <laughs> low commitment. That's how it goes. <laughs> one and done. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, look, it's soon. It won't take you more than three episodes to get in and be like, what the fuck? I mean, not even, maybe. But, yeah, you'll you'll get the gist. 
have to check and it if out. you're still interested you could watch the rest but it yeah it's borderline it's almost infuriating actually utopia mm-hmm. i'll check it out this week yeah It's got John Cusack in it, who I've always felt is kind of an underrated actor. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, so, anyway, just a thought. Final thoughts with Mo. We need like 14 more of them, though. Uh, that one's worth about five. He'll wait till we're about done here in just a second. And I'm like, well, and he's like, <laughs> one more thing. Uh, fin- uh, final thing. Here we go. <laughs> this is the extent of my socialization these days. <laughs> you know. I'm still hoping to get back on the road by maybe end of March, hopefully. I hope you can. That'd be cool. Yeah. Events. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, man. We got to do it. So. There you go. Anything else, Mo? That's all I got, buddy. That's it. Next week, boys. Wait, one more thing. No, Utopia kids Watch it Or don't Yeah or don't Let us know if you do Please do Does that include our episode of Tobacco Enemas <laughs> Only until next time when we Dive right back in <laughs> Until next I, I want to I try to use like tobacco liquid As like a rub on it like a beef Or something like that I wonder oh. how that would go you do that? They do coffee rub. Surely you could do tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> tobacco s- smoked uh, uh, yeah. prime rib. <laughs> Brisket. <laughs> Dude, that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm sure it is not. On, <laughs> it sounds amazing. Oh, fucking disgusting. <laughs> sounds amazing <laughs> I'm sure it's not but it does sound amazing to me yeah I mean dude there's nothing ba- and I know that's different problem. there's nothing better than <clears throat> no sorry there's two things with cigars first one is there's nothing better than walking into like a fresh humidor truth dude that smell oh my yeah. god it's like an instant calming too for me it's like oh yeah it's true. I'm home. Like bar, I'm home. Like, oh, it's chill. The second one that I think of is when you're like out somewhere and you can you you like zero in that someone's got a cigar around wherever you're at. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, ooh, somebody's got a cigar. What is that? <laughs> There's somebody fucking cool in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's true, man. There is something comforting about that. That's spot on. Absolutely. Okay, next week. All right, kid. Have a good one. Sounds good. Yeah, I guess. See ya.
Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's uh, episode of the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast. Make sure you guys are checking us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, direct message us, um, email the Sultans of Smoke at gmail.com if you got any questions, comments for the show. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks.